This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future. If you want to give Kelly some extra love and stick your fingers in her belly button, she loves oh, it. Oh, no. She loves it. No, I do not, actually. It is a phobia. I freaking hate... No, oh, I actually feel sick. Yeah. Stick your fingers in her belly Stop button. It. She loves it. I do not. Loves it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25. That's a quarter of a hundred of F Them Fish, ADHD for Grown-Ups. My name is Callie and I am here with Mr... Ukulele Lockie Barrett. And we are here to talk to you all about ADHD and being a grown-up. From a non-professional point of view. Yeah, and... Don't uh, take anything we say legitimately for realsies, for professionalism. Well, we are not medical professionals and therefore nothing we say in this podcast is medical advice that applies for us and for any guests we have is professional podcasters a thing it is for people who get paid <laughs> we do not, not get paid not us in our part-time <laughs> profession all right then so okay let's just say this is free no one's paid for it you get what you get and you don't get upset you get your laughs for free and you're coming back for more yeah. you're welcome <laughs> Oh, talking of which, we are at 53 countries 53. as of today. Yes. What I did want to do, though, I actually feel I've been a little bit neglectful on this because I want to give a massive shout out to our cousins across the ocean. Which ocean is it? Which sea? Uh, no, you're telling the story. Okay. New Zealand. Hello. We have got a massive crowd of New Zealand followers. They're almost as big as our Irish crowd. I love New Zealand. Me too. Like legitimately, one of the places I've been, I've visited more than once. I've travelled a fair bit, very rarely go back to places more than once. New Zealand, I've been there three times, four times. I love my New Zealand people. Four times. Me too. Well, anyway, look, we love New York. We love Aotearoa. Aotearoa. You should have just stuck with we love New Zealand. We love the land of the long white cloud. No, because it's important to acknowledge the country's name as according to the people who live there. As long as you say it correctly. Yeah, actually I did balls that up, so I'm very sorry. Yeah. It was meant with respect. You did well. I tried. You did. The, the, the non-professionalism thing is, is up there. It's like me being Welsh uh people talk about wales and it's cymru the language is really making a resurgence as it should because as we all know language is one of the first things to get stomped on and Cymraeg is making a uh having a resurgence and brilliant wish i could speak it more that well, was you the can first say merry christmas side quest. And, you know, do, do, there you go don't mock my language um all right so on the topic of side quests, we've had some listener feedback. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it didn't send me down a pit of despair, of RSD despair. Like a belly button pit? Oh, stop. I hate belly buttons. Like legitimately, they, they, they're just, them and elbows gross me out so much. Someone, I can't deal with them. Someone should put their elbow in your belly button. Why? <laughs> 
So I'm going to read out some listener feedback. Um, and we've got a few and I'll, I'll read out a couple because, you know, we like to take constructive uh, feedback. And we honestly, like legitimately, when my RSD is not speaking, I could not love more the fact that you care enough about what we do to say, hey, could you do it slightly different in this regard? And that will make me love it even more. I mean, to me, it's literally, it's like any engagement's good engagement. If somebody cares enough about what you do to take the time out of their day, I freaking love it. So thank you. Um, However, I also have ADHD and I have massive RSD. So rejection sensitive dysphoria, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's not technically part of the uh, the selection criteria. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Add that to your selection criteria. (laughs) It's not part of the diagnostic criteria, but it is definitely something that, many, many, many people with ADHD do say that they experience. So, um, hi both. I've loved your show since it started. You've been with me alongside my late diagnosis journey since realising seven months ago I might have ADHD. I've been meaning to send a long email to say how much has helped for so long, but, you know, ADHD procrastination and all that laughing emoji. However, just wanted to say, I've also recently been thinking maybe some autistic traits as well. While seeing so much ADHD content, so if you're not up with social media speak, ADHD is a term, a small u, big DHD, term that a lot of people who are diagnosed with both ADHD and autism uh, use sometimes. So while seeing so much ADHD content on TikTok from female creators, and even with Dr. Die on your podcast, there is so little male content, which is why I was so happy to hear about episode 23. And then despite his best efforts to answer the question about his traits from a male perspective, he never managed to get through all the distractions and side quests. (laughs) Any chance he could come back? (laughs) Welcome to the couch. I was devastated. Welcome to the couch. It's going to happen. Um, I think it'd be a really interesting viewpoint that's underrepresented on socials. Thank you so much. Anyway, I do do very much love your feedback, but I'm not going to lie. I then reached out to Andrew. <laughs> I was like, hey, so had this feedback. And I got a chat GPT generated, or sorry, AI generated response, basically saying, hi, thanks for inviting me back to be interviewed. But just so you know, I really think it's important you stay on track. <laughs> I was just, I went down the biggest RSD hole. You would not even believe was that, it. Was that an Andrew feedback or was that just a general? No, that was from Andrew. Because it's um, hilarious because he was saying like he wishes that we wouldn't do so many side yeah, quests. So it was, it's just funny. I know. Anyway. Um, Although he did participate quite a bit in the side quests. Totally did. He participated. It's different yeah. when you're on the couch. It says, um, I think it's key to stay focused on the main topic. Of course, if there are any unrelated issues that come up, we can def touch on those too. Um and then he put at the bottom, and I like literally started, I want to vomit by this stage. I'm like, oh my God. And then he's put, by the way, that response was not written by me at all, but by a new AI feature. How scary is that? And I was like, fuck. Um, but yeah, and he's keen to come back and he will come back. Oh, but bless. I am not going to lie. I had a period of time of going, well, that's it. I'm the worst po- podcast. Sh- what's the word? Oh, good. I'm the worst podcast host ever and I should just quit and so I went and spoke to my people who tend to reel me back in when I'm spiraling Rachel thanks so much babes um and I was like so what should I do and she was like you do know you have ADHD right (laughs) I was like 
you do have ADHD. See, the thing is, though, it just, <laughs> it just happens. And this, I think the spirals of conversation, it's a really hard juggle because there's those out there who are just going to resonate and love it and they probably only listen for the side quests. And then there's those who are like, no, I want to know more about the subject matter. Yeah, and what Rachel pointed out, now Rachel also is double diagnosed, ADHD and autism, um, as well as some other things. Um, but she pointed out that that is literally part of the battle that some ADHDers go through on a daily basis. They desperately want to stay on track. That's the autism element of it, the order, the structure. But then at the same time, the ADHD is trying to drag them off into the woods um, on multiple side quests. So um, look, they're on a serious note, one of the reasons we take the approach we do is because many people, in fact, almost everybody, if not everybody who has sat on our couch has never been on a podcast before. They have never sat with a microphone in their face and it's very intimidating. Another thing too, like in my user research, listening to a few podcasts, when it stays on track of just one topic, it can get a little bit overbearing and a little bit dull because it gets a bit repetitive. Mm. So not saying that we can't tone it back, but also at the same time, I'm going to apologise in advance because I'm sidetracking this shit out of tonight. I do need to finish my point though because you literally cut me off halfway through my point. Yeah, Can I finish my point before we sidequest? Permission granted. Thank you. Um, So what I was going to say is that... People come sit on the couch and they we've had this feedback. They are very intimidated and I see people and they are so nervous, especially if it's their first time and beyond as well sometimes. So they're very nervous. It's it's quite deliberate. We do have a meandering introduction. I want to make people comfortable because once people are comfortable, they're much more able to connect with the people who are listening. They relax. They connect to what they're going to talk about. So... Um, there also, are a few reasons why we do it and I have ADHD. I will jump in. Come sit on the couch. Put yeah. your hand up. Come sit on the couch and see what happens to what gets edited too and just witness the magic. The magic of me. The magic of ADHD me. Where? Anyway, so um, legit though, thanks heaps for your for your feedback. I love that you have been with us. I could not be more grateful that you took the time to um, to contact us. And we will get Andrew back on. He was so much fun. What to I loved record about with. Andrew was that he was like, I've got my favorite jingle as well that I sing all the time from your show. And I was like, That's all me. He, You're didn't, he didn't say that. He did. He had a jingle. Which one? Keys and phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to say the what do you mean? Which was when he said that's the only one he's been singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Um, no, he um, he he enjoyed the keys and phone jingle and that's just stuck in his head. Now it's in my head as well. So do we just side quest straight away? Well, now, I don't know. If we're not talking about anything, we've got nothing to side quest from. Side quest from the saying that we side quest too much? But no, it's not a side quest then, is it? You're just going to talk about a new topic. Just a really short one. I've been scrolling through Marketplace a lot lately looking for just stuff and it's actually quite addictive to go through Marketplace and just look at stuff. <laughs> Are you going to talk about the one you sent yeah, me? <laughs> yeah. So the first one, so I'm going to tell you about the two that I've seen this week that have just cracked me up. And so obviously I can't share this first one because someone has put up free 
my best friend. He's broken. <laughs> and they've got a photo of this young lad sitting there playing video games. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's just, that's just quality, just a little bit of jokiness funny because um, people try and just get rid of some of the most funniest things on Marketplace. But the one that cracked me up the most, which I sent to you. Yeah. Was uh, I took a photo of it, so I'll make sure I do it justice and say it exactly it is. Now set the scene. It's someone who is obviously um, moving out and yep. they're getting rid of their stuff, and they have this beautiful orange couch. Yeah, it's a corner couch, quite large, and it is entitled for ninety dollars. Sofa, come bed. <laughs> but how is it spelt? C-U-M. <laughs> so for anyone who's got to spend 90 bucks and would appreciate a sofa cum bed, <laughs> feel free to jump onto a marketplace and get yourself a uh, a good orange cum bed sofa. I think we should share that photo. We will. I'll, yeah. um, I'll crop it out and then I'll, I'll, I'll share it. But that cracked me up because it's not intentional, obviously, the way that it's been um, written up, but it's still funny. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first side quest. It wasn't a side quest. That was literally just a topic. Topic. It was topic just quest. A topic. It's a topic quest. <laughs> um, all right. Well, look, I'm going to give some other listener feedback. We had one asking if we could indicate when something's part two. And again, I'm going to say I'm so sorry. I have ADHD. And by the time I come to edit and put in the next episode, I just give it a new title. And I went back through and I had a look and we've got lots of part ones. <laughs> There's a lot of part ones, to be fair. You know, it does happen. And there's no part twos, even when there have been part twos. So I'm so sorry. I will see if um, I can go back in and actually update the titles. <laughs> it's been a big learning week for me this week. I want to give you the option of three things for us to talk about today. And they're all going to come from listener feedback. So here's the first one. My partner, who also has ADHD, turned me onto your podcast and I've binged my way through it over the last couple of weeks. Freaking love that because I'm the biggest podcast binger. So I've resonated with a lot of your content and experiences and those of your guests. I'm currently listening to episode 22 in the part where you're talking with Bianca about jobs and skills. And this struck a definite chord with me. I'm definitely an orthogonal thinker. And this has helped me immensely throughout my professional life. But other aspects of my conditions have severely hampered me, specifically anxiety, RSD, oppositional defiance, people pleasing and high justice drive. I love the positivity in your podcast, but I also love you don't shy away from the deficits and problems neurodivergence can cause. I too think it is important to recognise these and accept that to varying degrees, these are things about us we can work around but ultimately cannot remove. I know there are things my current partner experiences in her workplace that cause so much difficulty and we can't be the only ones. So maybe an episode to discuss when things go wrong and how do you deal with that? So that's option one. Okay, so the second one that we have was from another listener. It says, here's an idea for your podcast. Neurodivergent diplomacy. How to communicate authentically when you're incapable of lying. You could look at the challenge this presents and how to own your authenticity. So that's option two. Own it. Option three. Um, hi, guys. Can we get a follow up from last week's ep on workplace adjustments? But in the workplace, how do you cope when someone you work with doesn't like you? 
They're your three options. So option one, you've got how to cope when things go wrong at work. Option two, how do you communicate authentically when you can't lie? Option three is what to do when people, someone at work doesn't like you. What do you want to talk about? That's a difficult one because my answers to all of those things are going to be very different to the way you doesn't answer That's the, that We have a podcast that is all about our different answers and different responses. Go with when someone at work doesn't like you. Yeah, balls. Okay, I was hoping we wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, okay, so that question is um, what do you do or how do you cope when someone you work with doesn't like you? My first thought is, why do you want them to like you? Ooh, good question. Like, why, what, what benefit is there to you for this person to like you or these people to like you if it's causing you so much drama? Okay, so let's have a think about it. And I've definitely been in this position, and I think it's important to probably call out first up as well. Second up, because you've already done the first up. But second up, that... That is it that they up? don't like you or is it that you think they don't like you? Because I think we can get those two things conflated. So it might be, and I think this answers your question, that if you have to work regularly with somebody or if they hold a position of power or they are simply part of your peer group and can undermine you, then... You know, if you're seeing all of those things happening, if you're having, if you're finding that things are being said behind your back or, you know, and they might be in inverted commas professional, you know, but it might be, uh, you know, th those comments you, you get where, oh, yeah, no, come to me about that rather than them because they don't really know what they're doing. And, oh, well, everybody knows you and this person don't like each other. So and that you're just set there going, don't we? I didn't know that, you know. I've been in that situation, not going to lie, like at previous workplaces and things. So I think in that case, you do need them, not necessarily, you don't want to be the friend, but it's the difference between actively disliking you and behaving poorly as a result in a way that can be very damaging to your career, which if you're a neurodivergent person, you've already got enough going on. You don't need somebody undermining you. You're already gaslighting yourself enough. You don't need somebody else undermining you. I guess it all, it all just comes back down to that communication thing. Like if you're really concerned, then the only way to fix it is to go and talk, talk to the person and just kind of everyone loves a coffee or a tea chat and just trying to lay it on the table and go, look, whether or not you want to be honest about your neurodivergence or not, um, but being able to say, look, you know, these are the things. I just want to make sure that we're okay. Um, is there anything that I can do differently? Because one of the good things to do when you're acknowledging something, especially when it's a um, – I was talking about this to someone the other day. When you know that there's an issue but you didn't cause it, talk about the positives and things that you can do to make it better instead of highlighting the negatives and that way it looks like you're pointing fingers. And so you don't want to be going like, well, why don't you like me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. But what if, I mean, I, I guess, and I'm unpacking some of this, because if by the very nature of the subversion or the, you know, the things they're saying about you behind your back, 
usually that will have gone on for a while, right? Before you've really gone, you know, I'm imagining it all. No, it's not real. It's just me. Oh, God, I hate my RSD. I need to get over this. And then maybe you might be, it might be six months down the track or a year down the track or three weeks down the track, you know, different things. But what if they think that you don't like them? Yeah, and so I was going to say that definitely happens. That's causing an issue in the background yeah. as well at the same time. 100%. But like if you've already gone through months or, or a prolonged period of time of feeling like questioning yourself and then you're faced with incontrovertible proof that, yeah, this person doesn't like me because, you know, you might get, hey, I was in a meeting or, hey, I was at the coffee shop or, look, I don't know what this is about, but such and such has told me I shouldn't be speaking to you about that because you don't really understand it and I need to go and speak to them. And it might be something that you absolutely should be the person they're speaking to about. You know, if all of if you get that incontrovertible proof that, you know, they 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 are causing challenges, and you know that you've barely interacted with the person, or you know, you you and, and neurodivergent people do do this a fair bit because of the fact do do I know do do yeah because of the fact that we are constantly convinced we're the problem. So you go back and you go, right, what did I do? And you analyze every single interaction you've ever had with that person. And you say, I don't, I don't, I haven't done anything. Like I legitimately have never done anything mean. And this is where I think the neurotypical neurodivergence thing comes in. Because as a neurodivergent person, I go, I've never done anything mean. I don't understand. Like, why would this person dislike me? I've never done anything mean. I've never done anything to harm them. I've never done anything that has inadvertently harmed them as far as I'm aware. And this is where I think it comes to where a neurotypical person literally just, you give them the ick. You know, like there's been a lot of research that sets a neurotypical person, and excuse my language if you don't like the language of neurotypical neurodivergent, I'm using it for ease here. A neurotypical person, there's lots of research that shows, and I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll I'll pop it up on socials, um, that says within minutes of a neurotypical person meeting a neurodivergent person, particularly for autism. Um, but when they meet a neurodivergent person, they just know there's something off. Within minutes, they know they don't like them. But the thing is too with neurotypical people is they also don't know how to be. It's one of the things, well, how do I speak to a neurodivergent people? What do I do? What do I say? What if I do something wrong? There's so many things in life where there's, like, there's so many what-if moments just but I'm on about these Be people yourself. don't like you when they don't know you're neurodivergent. Yeah, but that's the thing too. You know, like, so if they don't know you're neurodivergent. But if they're picking up on something yeah. and they don't know what to do with that, they're already coming, you're, like it's already starting off on the wrong foot because mm. they're already cautious. Yeah, and, and this is what I'm saying. As a neurodivergent person, I go, but why? I've never done anything to you. Like I've never said or done anything mean. I've never said or done anything bitchy or nasty or stupid. I've, like, why don't you like me? And a neurodivergent, a neurotypical person might be like, I didn't like your tone of voice. I didn't like your the way you looked at me. There was something about your whole demeanor that rubbed me up the wrong way. And it could be anything because when you look at it, it's human nature. We can't get along with everyone on 100% of the things 100% of the time. That's right. It's just, you know, disagreements are going to happen, but disagreements are okay. That's how you grow and learn and move on and, and you know, communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when I think about potential neurotypical neurodivergent conversations, I do it a lot where I'll say something to you and you'll go, 
you've already told me that or I've already heard that or I know the answer to that. That's enough to give me the shit sometimes. I would never do that to anybody in a workplace though. No, but if you're like... There's a big but, but difference to what you like, do at home. But if you're like... If you're like I know, but I already know. I already know those stats, and I want to know this, or I already know this aspect, and I, need, I want to know this. And that person has been like, "Oh, that was kind of like what I was leading into." And they can automatically feel shut down as well. Yeah, and I think that's just, a valid it's, point. It's just the difference in communication and styles and things like that, and everyone's different. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so yeah, that's. Um, it's a challenging one. It really it's is. It's a really hard it, it one. It really is because, because what, it what can do you undermine do? you every and day. And the thing is, if it's going to niggle at you, and you're like, you're going to be, you're already off put by the time you walk into the office or the workplace or whatever it is, and you're like, I have to face this person again. Mm-hmm. Then you're already walking in with negative energy, and that's automatically going to put you in a bad place, even if potentially there's not an issue there. Do, 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 side quest. Um, relevant though. Did you know that when somebody talks about um, you're having a bad tone, like I don't like your tone of voice, they don't actually mean the tone of your voice. It's not actually just the pitch and like the, the, to- the tone that you're using. I don't like your emo- emona. What, what? Your E minor tone of voice. Yeah. And so, like, when people are like, I don't like your tone, and I'm there going, is this better? <laughs> How about now? Like, legitimately. Like, we joke about this, but legitimately, I've, I pitch my voice lower when I'm in different meetings or when I'm in different scenarios. I pitch my voice different, differently. I pitch it lower because people don't like my tone. <laughs> it's all about that bass, about that bass. <laughs> no, but seriously... Tone doesn't mean tone. Tone means like with neurotypical people, a, t- a tone means more. And I'm what there does going, that mean? oh, okay, then. Um, all right. So if I change it and I talk like this instead, and actually, it it means it means the the pitch, the sound, but the attitude you're talking with. You know, it's it's more than just the actual tone. It's like the way that the energy you're speaking with. You know, the 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 speed with which you're speaking with. It is. It is not just tone, and I only learned that the other day. (laughs) Why do people make so complex? Neurotypical people make it so complex. Anyway, appreciate your tone. I have left workplaces as a result of this because it gets to the point where you're like, "Well, you are undermining me at every stage. I can't succeed here, and I am miserable because I'm having to come here and face your passive aggressive bullshit." Every single day I and it's making me unless, question myself. Unless you have that conversation, you don't know what the reasoning is behind the feelings that you're having, um, whether it's intentional on their behalf or whether it's just miscommunication. And it's really tricky, really, really tricky because if you have that conversation, that can all go also go a negative way. Or mm-hmm. what do you mean you think that there's a problem? Why do you think there's a problem? There's no problem. I haven't spoken to you in a certain way. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. But it might not even be intentionally like that though. And it might just be that that person just genuinely either one doesn't see the way they are in front of themselves when they're speaking or they're in the room with you or two, maybe they're just a dick. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people out there who are just dicks. Um, okay, so have you ever had a situation where you've been at work and somebody just doesn't like you? Yep. Mm-hmm. How did that go? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to give specifics. We don't give specifics on this thing, but like, 
I see it's hard. See, it's hard from my perspective because for me, I'm just like, sweet. It's one less person for me to communicate with. But what if you can't do your job without communicating with that person? Then they're a work colleague and that's it. And what if every time you leave the room, they're undermining you after you've left? I'm not there. But the thing is, like, the thing is when you create work relationships with people where you were walking, like, hey, how was your day? How's your weekend? What's going on? And other people will pick up on that. And so if you're having these communication styles where you're a lot friendly with other people, then the people who are treating you like shit are going to either be really put off and eventually just give in to your niceties or everyone else that you interact with know you better than that person in any sense. I just wonder if we've got people who are listening and just going, just doesn't work like that, Lachlan, because I definitely, and I think this is where RSD comes into it. Well, if it doesn't work for you, then... That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't like so I've had I've had this happen and I think that I can look back on it and go shit am I just a dreadful person and I have actively sought feedback I've done 360 degree feedback so I've actually just sought feedback from the people that I develop relationships with and often this could be people who I didn't get on with initially and I have gone to them and I've been like okay cool like what what's going on I've done exactly what you've said where I've taken them for a coffee and I've been like what's going on? Like, what have I done? I'm really sorry if I've done a thing and I just want to, I want to clear the air because I'm kind of sensing some tension and nearly every time that works really well. But your world also doesn't operate if you think someone doesn't like you. I don't actually think that's accurate. That is not true at all. It is very, yeah, I don't. I wasn't trying to interrupt. I'm just saying like, I just, my ability to reflect on seeing you and in workplace situations and other situations and just knowing if if you think that someone doesn't like you it actually kind of it's like an itch you can't scratch yeah there is definitely that but it's not my world doesn't function but it absolutely it sits there you know we talk about how in an adhd brain you've constantly got 75 channels going at any one time it takes up one of those channels and it sits there and it's like this permanently there even if you're not even it's not like, you know, in the front channel, the the thing you're focusing on most, it sits there and you're constantly, it never goes away. You're like, and so this person doesn't like you anyway. And so, and you're hearing that for me, I, I it's like, a, yep, this person doesn't like you. Just so you know, just, just in case you forgot for a few minutes, remember that person that you have to see for several hours a day, they don't like you. And um, by the way, they're actually talking to everybody else and everybody else is going to end up not liking you as well because that person's quite popular or that person has a lot of influence or that person can write your next flipping performance review or that person. And you remember that person? They don't like you, by the way. And also, maybe you're just shit. Actually, you know, they put they don't like you. Other people probably don't like you either. So you are probably just a dreadful freaking human. So why do you even bother? Just leave now. I've been through that. And that literally, that soundtrack will go and go and go and go. Yeah, I've been in the situations where you walk in and other people pick up on it. And so the tact that I usually take is I'll say hello to that person every time I cross their path. And then you get the feedback from people you're with going, they just won't acknowledge or speak to you, will they? And you're like, nope, but it doesn't mean I have to be a dick. And Mm -hmm. if I keep doing that in front of them, they then become subconsciously or consciously aware Mm -hmm. that they're ignoring me in front of other people as well, which doesn't look good on them yeah and it's true and all of those things happen and I've had one person that really comes to mind who I you know ended up being really quite good friends with and I actually haven't seen her for a few weeks and I've just realized I miss her um but 
you know, we were having a little bit of tension. And she turned around and she said, do you just think nobody else is capable or something? Because I ask a lot of questions. And I think I've talked about this before in a previous episode. And I did say to her, it was fairly new in my being open about my diagnosis journey, but I said to her, I was like, look, I want to, I, I don't want this to carry on like it's going. I feel like there's a tension here that I really would like to address. I do ask a lot of questions. It has got nothing to do with anybody and what you guys are doing. I have ADHD and the way I succeed in the workplace, one of my strategies I have is I have a map in my mind of all of the different components that go towards making this uh, project succeed and I have gaps and where I have those gaps I ask questions to fill the gaps even if it's not my thing I just ask it because I'm like okay cool and what do we do over there brilliant cool gap filled and what do we do over here cool why do we do it like that okay all oh, right now I get it amazing and she was like oh really and it really it changed everything in that relationship she was amazing but also depending on your work environment as well People are really touchy about their space. Oh, they really And they are. only want to know what's in their particular subject matter. And what you need to know is everything that goes around that subject matter to know how it operates. And that can quite often irk people because then someone else is like, well, no, that's my subject matter and that's my subject matter. Mm. And then you other people going, well, why are you asking all these questions anyway? Because you just want to know how it all interrelates. And if not everyone's going to understand that, not everyone's going to think about that. And depending on your workplace, some people just want to sit in their space and be safe in that yeah. comfort zone. And that's the, I think that's the other thing. I, I try to always remember that that one basic tenant, generally everybody is doing the best they can with the information they have and the skills available to them at that point in time. Generally, people are decent and everybody's got a million things in their own lives. And many, many, many people have invisible things going on for them that you don't know about. They may have health issues. They may have mental health issues. They may have just had a massive argument with a loved one and be watching their relationship spiral out of control. They may have just come out of a performance review of their own and been given an absolute bollocking. They may have just found out that somebody they love has only got three months left to live. Could be anything. Like Could it, be anything. You know what ruins my day? If I go order a coffee and it comes out shit. Oh, do you know what happened to me yesterday? Like it happened that like just, legitimately. That ruins my day. Well, I had three. I made three here yesterday and I choose different cup and I washed things out and it, it was just like the beans just tasted like flowers. I then went to SV, by the way. Shout out to SV, amazing coffee in, uh, in what are they called? Lawson. Um, but I went there and the coffee tasted like flowers. I had to throw it away. And then I went to... Maybe um, it's got a flowery mouth. Exactly. It had to be me, right? And so I went to um, a place at work. Actually, I had an appointment um, with a doctor at the time and I was like, I think there's something wrong. I think I'm, like something's gone wrong with my sense of taste this morning. I don't know what's going on. But then I went and got one at a different place and it was fine. So I was, but I had to get rid of four cups of coffee. I was dying. I was like, I need more coffee. Anyway, sorry. Coffee definitely, definitely can ruin your day. Mm. But yeah, I have to say, I think let, let's try and get back to wrap this one up. But I think it can have a really significant effect when you know someone doesn't like you at work. 
especially if for the life of you, you cannot think of what you've done wrong. And some of it will just be that they just, you, you give them the ick. They don't know why, they don't know what it is, but they don't like your energy. They don't like the way you talk. They don't like your approach to work. And there's not necessarily anything you can do about that. Just turn up, be your glittery, perfect self and just be polite and don't give them a reason to, I don't know, can't say don't give them a reason to not like you because you can't control the other person. I was going to say they've already decided they don't like you. And the thing is, it's also, uh, is it something that's just in your mind? So just turn up, be your beautiful self, carry on, smile and wave at everyone. So I think that's an oversimplistic response and I think that there is a little bit more that we can do. Why don't you like me? So, mm, lols. Um, so I think I think here's, here's the steps that I would recommend. So firstly, seek feedback from people you trust. Now, very importantly, this is not go find your allies and drum them up against the person who's, who you think is being horrible to you. That's very different. Do not mention that person. And seek feedback and say, hey, I'm, I, I, just, I just want to check in with you about something. Am I, uh, is there anything I could do differently? You know, there has to be somebody you work with. So they're seeing you at work. I want to make sure that I'm not inadvertently breaking some of the unwritten rules that I didn't know existed. Because they're definitely a thing. And do that. And then... If the if if the if the conversation progresses, you can be like, yeah, I just kind of picked up. Look, it don't, it's not about anybody else, but I just kind of picked up. I might have rubbed someone up the wrong way, and I just want to make sure that I am not oblivious to anything I might be doing that could be pissing people off. Right? That is emotionally quite mature, but you do need to be prepared. You need to have prepared yourself for that conversation, and you need to make sure it's someone that even if they give you very open and honest feedback they do it kindly kindness is important here if anyone ever asks you for feedback make sure you're doing it kindly and do the thing of saying actually you know do the whole shit sandwich or whatever it is but just be like you know actually yeah I I really like the way you do this thing it might be good if you could do this a little bit differently but I really like the way you do this thing but yeah that thing over here would be great I think the hard thing is it's always it's always harder to be the bigger person, but you have to be prepared for whatever the outcome is. Um, but don't, it's a hard thing, try not let it affect your RSD if there is some feedback because you did ask for that feedback in the first place and take the positive thoughts that you can take out of it to make good positive changes. We might need to call this episode RSD. Um, but yeah, um, so it's not always possible. I want to acknowledge that. You might get that feedback and it might be delivered in the kindest possible way. And they might say, hey, I flipping love working with you. I have heard that a couple of people find that sometimes you interrupt a bit much and they find that can be really disruptive in a meeting. That might be the only thing I can think of. Um, But honestly, I wouldn't change a thing about you. You know, say deliver it really kindly, whatever. You're probably going to go away and go, right, well, cool. I interrupt too much in a meeting and you're going to spiral. Be gentle on yourself. Give yourself some grace if that is what you're going to do if you are somebody who has RSV. RSV, that's something RSV. entirely that's difficult, something. entirely different. If you are someone who has rejection-sensitive dysphoria, and you may not have even heard that term before, but you may know that you are really sensitive of any perceived sort of criticism, chances are you have some form of RSD. And so 
you know, be kind to yourself, allow yourself to experience those feelings, but then make sure you have a plan in place to pull yourself out of it and to take positive action. And then you might want to, the next step could very well be that coffee chat with the person if you can do that in a way that is safe for you. And you might say, hey, I really, I'm really conscious. I've, I've had a bit of a habit of being a bit, um, I jump in a little bit. I get quite enthusiastic when we're in meetings or I really get a bit caught up in what we're talking about. And I've noticed that I've had a bit of a tendency to jump in on things. And I'm really sorry if I've done that to you. So um, I just wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge that and, and let you know that I'm really going to try not to do that in the future. I think one of the things I just want to just kind of put a pin in as well is that it's important that if, the feedback that you get can help you sort of step back and change your work approach in some way. By all means, look at that, but don't change who you are because trying to fundamentally change who you are to fit in has been a struggle for most people with neurodiversity yeah. for their entire lives. And if you have to continually do that, you're just going to burn out. So if you can change your approach, like let's say that is that asking questions kind of thing and you think that might be icking someone, then just go, oh, excuse me, just before we go on, I just want to ask this question. But then when you get that question, just go, really, thank you for that because I needed to know it because of this. Mm. And then that way you're validating, not that you're jumping in, but that you needed that extra information. Yeah, really good point. I actually do that now as a standard whenever I meet people new that I'm going to be working with. I will make a point to say to them, look, I won't necessarily tell them I have ADHD uh, because I don't want to put that out there as the first thing that they know about me because they will judge like, let's be really clear, if you lead with that, then people will judge you for it, no matter how good they are. And it might be that really positive judging where they think you're less capable. They're not being mean, but they think you're less capable. All of that can get in the bin. So for me personally, my preferred approach is I might say to them, hey, just so you know, I have a tendency to ask a lot of questions. The reason I'm doing that is for this. Please do not take those questions as any form of comment or um, criticism or anything like that. I like to make sure I really understand what you're telling me. And my way of doing that is to ask questions. And so I found that has been incredibly successful. I've had 100% success actually with that strategy. So um, that might be something other people might think about. So yeah, um, going back to that, be aware. The other thing that I have to say to you is, and this is the hard bit, this is the tough love from Mama Callie now coming out here and saying, are you actually being a bit of a dick? And I'm going to explain that a little bit more. Are you actually, can you honestly look at what you're doing? Are you perhaps, have you got into a habit of the negative spiral, you know, like where you come in and like there's been a bit of a tendency in the team you've all kind of or with the people you work with to really kind of bash this one thing and it might be like um, uh, this thing's happening again you know and has everyone else kind of stopped doing that now but you're still doing it you know like are you actually constantly trauma dumping on someone because even the best the most well-intentioned person gets tired after a while there is a thing called vicarious trauma if you don't know what vicarious trauma is and you are somebody who is neurodivergent who has a tendency to trauma dump please understand that vicarious trauma means 
that a person who is observing or listening to or um, becomes aware of trauma that impacts another person, has nothing to do with them, but impacts another person, they can themselves become traumatized by it. People can develop anxiety. They can develop depression as a result of observing this other person's vicarious trauma. Happens a lot to um, people in emergency services. Happens a lot to caseworkers. It happens to people who work in, you know, some certain types of activity. I'm not going to get into them because I don't work in those spaces myself, so I'm not going to speak for them. But vicarious trauma, I have worked in many spaces that has it. And so if you are you know, constantly trauma dumping on someone, just be aware they may be struggling. So notice those things in yourself. Are you constantly interrupting people? You know what? We know it's actually really fucking annoying. Like it's something we do. I do it. All ADHDers have a tendency towards doing that. But my God, should neurotypical people have to put up with that? Should they? Like genuine question. I think some people are fine with it a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not talking about like, we're we're not talking about that. Everybody does that a little bit. We're talking about something that you're doing so much. It's noticeable as more than anybody else does it, you know? So, and I use that example because it's the one we used in the thing, but like me with my questions, I have to say, okay, enough to myself. I guess it's, that's that you've got to step back have a bit of a self-reflection moment and just see if you can identify within yourself what the issue may be um, before approaching someone. Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to give yourself the tools and the grace and the space to process any of that. Now, I really have to caveat that with if you know you are someone who cannot do that safely, then, you know, please seek out some form of support, maybe professional support before you start looking at those things There are generally supports available. And often they might be related to a workplace that you can go to for free. Um, in Australia, sorry, I want to talk about we, we do have that very strong privilege in Australia, a lot of workplaces have, um, you know, a certain level of support you can get around workplace or other issues um, for free. But you can, you can get that support, and, or you might get a coach, You know, you might get a coach and and say, hey, right, so I think I've observed these things and I want to unpack them. Can you can you coach me through what that might look like? You know, there's all sorts of things you can do there. But I think you have to be honest with yourself. If somebody doesn't like you, you have to understand why those things might be. But if you genuinely know that you haven't done anything and you're not safe to take them for a coffee, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a power imbalance or, you know, it's not something you can necessarily do. There is an element of you are going to have to find a way that you can minimize any potential damage that they might be doing to your reputation. Um, And that might be a case of finding a safe person, because ultimately, if somebody is doing damage, then that is workplace harassment or bullying. That's an entirely different thing. anyway. So, you know, that is entirely different. If they are doing those things and it has crossed that line, then you will have HR things available to you and document everything, you know, like make notes, make sure that you've kept records of, you know, specific activities if that's the case. But that is a separate thing. That is not necessarily what we're talking about here. And there is, there are sometimes none of these things work. Potentially there may be no and fix. 
That's right. There may be no fix. And so you might just have to just be aware of it, acknowledge it, mm-hmm. but go about your merry way and do your best not to let it be that itch you can't scratch. That is something that fundamentally fails to acknowledge the fact that ADHD is really can't do that. Yeah, but if there's no answer, there's no answer. Yeah. So, and it might be that there's nothing you can do about it. And so you might have to have those strategies of I have someone outside of work so that you can't be accused of triangle conversations or, you know, causing workplace tension. So out of work and you might have wine and wine sessions, you know, the, the, you might have somebody where you can go, you know what, this person has done this to me again at work today and it's not causing any major issues but it's just making me uncomfortable and if you are getting to a place where you are feeling this is actually affecting things beyond just this one relationship then please talk to the people you need to at work you know not saying chicken little not saying you know sky's falling it's none of that but make sure that you are potentially raising with your supervisor or whoever and saying, look, I'm, I'm conscious this is happening. I'm not sure why it is. And I, uh, I'm just making you aware of it because I don't want it to affect anything more broadly. There is no perfect response. You know, I think in those situations, I'm going to change a little bit of what I've said. I think in those situations where you cannot fix it, you have to look after you. You have to protect yourself. If they are not causing harm to your career, your reputation, etc., and it is purely a they don't like you, then you need to accept that they don't like you. And to do that, you need to have some strategies in place to look after yourself. All righty. Next thing. That was a big one. We ended up going a lot further in that than I expected to. That was heavy. I had a couple of other things I want to talk about. So... Firstly, a few of you may have heard about the BBC Panorama episode in which um, a reporter went undercover into private ADHD clinics and got a diagnosis that they paid for for ADHD and got medication. And the whole expose, gotcha kind of approach of the documentary, basically the whole thing was a gotcha. This was not in my opinion, good journalism. So they have taken two things and decided to draw a parallel. So um, I want to just preface this by saying um, there's some a really good episode by Cass Dunn on the Crappy to Happy podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, I put it up on my Instagram today. Highly recommend it. She does a really good deep dive into this. Cass is a clinical psychologist. She has way more professional insight into this than I do. Why isn't she on the couch then? Yeah, we should get Cass done in. Oh, maybe we'll ask her. Um, I don't know if she'd come on. She's like, she has like really important people on her podcast. Does she not understand um, how great this podcast is? Um, so, uh, but I highly recommend go listen to that. She'll go into it in a lot more detail. Basically, what the Panorama episode did, it had this undercover journalist who does not have ADHD. He went to a private psychiatrist because... This was in the UK and it can take up to seven years to get an assessment through the NHS. The NHS is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I grew up in the UK. It was sensational. But, you know, there are waiting times. So 
he went to a private psychiatrist and took 10 minutes and got a diagnosis, right? He then went to an NHS psychiatrist and three and a half hours later was told he does not have ADHD. Now, the fundamental fallacy at the core of this is the private psychiatrist was going off reports from a psychologist. Now, that private psychiatrist did not know they were being recorded. And so there is no, well, spit onto this and it will tell you whether or not you've got, you're positive for ADHD or not. It is entirely dependent on the information given. And so if he's walking in going, yeah, look at me, I've got all these things, and I'm going to answer all these questions in the way that that will tick me high on the ADHD scale, um, and that was in inverted commas, then the psychiatrist responds to that and the information from the other professional being the psychologist. The NHS psychiatrist knew they were being recorded. And then you know you're being recorded. Um, there's the observational effect anyway. So, you know, when, when you watch something, it's di- it performs differently to when you're not watching. But this show has been slammed by, you know, all sorts of organisations in the UK, um, it has caused a great deal of harm in the ADHD community. Please do not go looking for it. If you are listening to this and you have not already come across it, don't go looking for it. Don't drive algorithms. Never comment on anything that's negative about it. You will drive that content. You will drive the algorithm so you see more of those things. Don't go looking. If you have already seen it and you're going, fuck or people have come up to you and gone, ah, adult ADHD is all a massive con now, right? Like, Panorama proved it. Because Panorama is quite a reputable show. Um, and the BBC is reputable. It's like the ABC here in Australia. And so, you know, if you have seen it and you are shook by it, then please know this is shoddy. Everything out there is saying how shoddy it is. It is sensationalism. It is the equivalent of the Daily Mail doing an expose. And that is all there is to say on that. Well, that's two heavy subjects, one after the other. I didn't want to not address it. It has been all over social media. I wonder, I wonder what we can do to locky this up now. I've got an idea. <laughs> Hit your little buttony thingy. All right, so... Let me take you back to, this came to me during the week and it just cracked me up. Do we remember? I sing all the wrong lyrics to all the songs that you know and you love it. Yeah, but why did you change key? Because I'm a damn good ukuleleist. Okay. All right, so I've got some fun for you at the moment. I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey and you're not going to love this. (laughs) Okay. But this is the fun things that happen in my brain. So in terms of lyrics, let's start here. So how do I say goodbye to someone who's been with me for my whole damn life? You gave me my name and the colour of your ass. The colour of your ass. 
Oh, no, no. All I can think of is baboons. Um, Bless. Sorry about that, Dean Lewis. But uh, um, Yeah. you got to be careful that we don't get hit for copyright as well. I'm not going to get hit for copyright. I'm just saying, you know, misheard yeah. lyrics are the funnest thing. They really are. All right. I've got, I've got, I think I've got four. It's too hard to sleep. I took a the shit on the floor. It's 100 degrees. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Concrete jungle, wet dreams, tomato. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. That's one of my favourite songs. Sorry, Alicia Keys. (laughs) And this is one of my favourites because this one came to me my, like myself when I first heard this one. So just trying out. We have dicks and balls in our life. That's basically what I do with lyrics when I hear songs. I just make it up as I go. You do, yeah. Okay, come on, taste test. I want to do this. We found, I'm so, I apologise for rustling. So I've been, I've been binge listening to the Junkies podcast. I know a lot of you on here listen to other podcasts. Junkies, it's Kitty Flanagan, Dave O'Neill. It is sensational. It is everything you want in a podcast. They talk about snacks. You can get snacks like There is nothing deep and heavy in it. It's just like, oh, my God, these snacks are amazing. You should definitely have this. And you can disagree with them and it's fine. So I went to the deli near us because they have some rando snacks. And I actually went there because I was listening to... um, It's the best Bruce convenience store. Hashtag throwing it out there. It's brilliant. Love them. But, yeah, so they, um, they have so many things from the US, from the UK, from all over the world, different snacks, right? I went in there because I was listening to an episode of The Junkies and they were talking about um, Tyrrell's chips and I was like, well, now I'm going to need to go and get some. So I went and got some last night and when I walked in, I saw these. Twisties Twisted Raspberry Flavour. Now, I don't like Twisties because I don't like cheese-flavoured chips. Hang on, I'm going to pause while I open this pack because I think it's going to be a horrendous noise. It so was, anyway, in fact, horrendous. It was pretty dreadful. Um, I'm immediately disappointed. So immediately I expected, colour? yeah, come over and have a look. Nope. Look. Nope. Yeah, well, you have to try them. This is the a taste test. The only twisty is a cheese twisty. Well, you have to try them. Here's one for you. It's not even colourful. No, that's, that's what I mean. I thought it was going to be like bright. You know, like when you get those jalapeno ones and they're really, really hot. You know how you have people out there who hate like the sound of noise? Oh, they just taste like sick. Fuck that. Oh, they taste like sick. It's like the cross between a sweet and... Nope. Oh, no. Oh, it's like sick with underlying cardboard. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, don't do it. Don't. Mm -mm. What's your verdict? Oh. I can't even explain what that is. I'm going to wash it down with some margarita. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm not doing that again. No, we're going to tell you what, I don't think I fully appreciated how much of a flipping service Kitty and Dave were doing. Hopefully they didn't cost you seven bucks. No, they cost three. Twisties are twisties. Cheese, leave them there. Cheese twisties. (sighs) I know there's going to be some people out there that say, I had chicken twisties and I didn't die. That's cool. 
cheese twisties, leave them there. Mm, gross. Oh, I literally have got bits stuck in my teeth. So disappointing. Somebody online said that they tasted like a mixture of sur- sherbet and twisties, and I'm like, I love sherbet. That's going to be amazing. They don't at all, do they? They taste the cross between twisties and shit bird. <laughs> Fucking bird. So uh, we are going to call it there. I want to say, I was looking today, August 17th is our year anniversary. Also, we haven't identified the fact that this is our birth- my birthday episode. This is my birthday episode, not the show's birthday episode. This is my birthday episode. So yeah, celebrate. Eat those twisties. I'm not eating the twisties. Eat the twisties <laughs> and celebrate. Disgusting. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, I really want to see how many we can get to in our first year. Is and August 17th a year already? Well, it's May at the moment. So August 17th yeah, I know. is a few months off, but it will be a year. Jeepers. Yeah. Um, and these people are stuck with us this whole time. Right. How fucking awesome is And you is just that? made them listen to you eat shit twisties. I'm so sorry. I would try and play something over the top of that. It was horrendous. I would really like to see um, if we can get, you know, above a... There's a big milestone coming up for our downloads and we're a few thousand off it. And so I would really love if we could get our downloads across this milestone. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Um, but I'd really like to see if we could do that. So please, August 17th, let's see if we can get a listener flipping army going on. And if you haven't put two and two together, by the time this podcast hits your ear holes, it will be Callie's birthday. Yeah. So send her all the love. My birthday. Because that's basically what she's asking for. And um, uh, just because every year in your 40s, they like to give you a gift, your body likes to give you a gift, this gift for this year, for turning 44, is going to be um, visiting the doctor and being told my hip is effed and I can no longer teach Zumba um, because we don't want a hip replacement now, do we? Hips don't lie, Shakira, Shakira. Right. For all messages. Hips don't work. For all messages that you send in for Kelly's birthday, we will send you one free raspberry twisty. Oh, you can have the bag. Honestly, I'm going to see Kitty Flanagan next week and I was going to take her a pack. I'm not doing that. She will kick me out. Also, Kiddo's uh, podcast trailer dropped. The kid did drop a podcast trailer. Loved it. Couldn't be uh, bothered sitting back and not letting us have some glory. But how good is she? Like the people who've heard the trailer and I did put it up on our socials. It's on every podcast platform. Platform, 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 platform. Um, so it's Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, you know, Overcast, all of them. Um, like everybody's like, holy shit, she's a natural. She's seven, you know, like, and she really is. Uh, but it's called PB's Productions, my ADHD kids podcast. And it's her, it's all her idea. She came up with all of it. I'm in the first episode, which is going to drop on the 8th of June, I think it was. So it's going to drop on the 8th of June. But, yeah, I, I'm in it. Like, she got me to ask her questions. But it is entirely her brainchild from her little magic brain. And if you've got a kid who's got ADHD or you know a kid that's got ADHD, tell them. Get yeah. on it. Listen to it. If you have a kid, if you teach a kid, anything, you know, then let's do that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it from us. That's the one for today. Yeah, if you uh, want to come so follow us on socials. That shit twisties got the biggest highlight. Ugh, that was so disgusting. I've still got the taste of my You mouth. should put one in your belly button. Oh, uh, why? Stop it. Gross. 
Um, so yeah, come follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We are at fmfish. ADHD for grown-ups. We we put up all the stuff, the memes, we put up the links, we put up information about the episodes, etc. 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 All there. And you know, I do love a bit of Canva, so I often will put up some stuff that I have made in Canva based on some of the things we talk about or some of the things that I look into outside of this podcast. So come and find that. Or if you want to send us a message, send us a DM, or you can email us at fthemfish at gmail.com. Come and sit on the couch. Come and sit on the couch. Yeah, a bit of a shout out, actually. We're looking at our next up. round of guests. And put your hand up, sit on the couch, and just talk about your experience. And I have to say, your experience will be of interest. And we will ask you lots of questions, derail you onto many, 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 many side quests, and not get to the point. Or come here and bring your side quests. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. As always, we love having you with us. Um, That has been my birthday episode, and we will look forward to seeing you from the couch in a fortnight. Tell your mum, tell your nan. Love you. Bye.